On this episode of This Week in Linux, developers of the Linux kernel met to discuss various different things at the annual Linux Plumbers Conference. We've also got a lot of betas to talk about this week. Usually, I like to wait for things to release before I cover them, but apparently I was impatient this week. So we're going to be talking about betas for KDE Plasma, Fedora 37, and the Godot game engine. Then we've got some really fun stuff to talk about in the gaming section. All of this and so much more coming up in this episode of This Week in Linux. So welcome to episode 214 of This Week in Linux, a podcast by the Tux Digital Network. This episode of Twill was recorded live on September 17th, 2022 at tuxdigital.com slash live. I'm your host, Michael Tunnell. If you're new to the show, this is the podcast that will keep you up to date with what's going on in the Linux world, and I'll give you my take as a 20-year-plus Linux user. So let's jump right into your weekly source for Linux. Good news. This episode of This Week in Linux is sponsored by DigitalOcean and by Bitwarden. This week was the 2022 edition of the Linux Plumbers Conference. This is a conference that happens every year where people from the kernel project discuss come, come together to discuss things like system boot, kernel memory management, kernel testing. The Rust programming language has a lot of talks this year. Uh, CPU isolation, eBPF, confidential computing, tool change, power management, and much, much more. So there's no way to cover everything that happened that was interesting this year at this conference. So instead, I'm going to cover some highlights from the event. So first up, let's talk about the Rust programming language. There was a lot of Rust talk at LPC 2022, including Linus Torvalds himself talking about Rust in Linux during an interview, as well as a talk about Rust Linux drivers being capable of achieving performance that is comparable to C code. This is fantastic news because it shows a ton of potential for the Rust programming language to be used significantly in the Linux kernel at some point in the future. So that is quite exciting. Also, I mentioned there was an interview with Linus Torvalds, and that is certainly worth checking out because in addition to the Rust programming language, Linus talked about his work schedule as well as what life has been like with his M2 MacBook Air. Also at the LPC 2022, the AMD engineers also held several interesting talks at the, at the conference to discuss various different things that they're working on in the kernel. There was also a talk for the user space consoles and accelerators in the DRM subsystem. Oh, and for those unfamiliar with this, this term, I'm, I'm not referring to the digital rights management DRM. I'm referring to a different initialism of DRM, which is direct rendering management. So I'm not talking about the awful DRM, but the, the good DRM. I just wanted to clear that up real quick before I moved on. Now, this is only scratching the surface of what happened at the Linux Plumbers Conference this year. So if you'd like to learn more, though, I'll have links in the show notes. AT&T's Alien Labs has discovered a new Linux malware that can be used for highly evasive attacks. As the infection for this malware has been designed for persistence and runs on a wide variety of Linux devices. The researchers have named this malware Shiki Tega. I, I think that's how you say it. I have no idea. 
The malware seems to leverage the infamous PwnKit vulnerability, which is CVE 2021-4034, and the Overlay FS vulnerability, CVE 2021-3493. Now, I'm not going to go into massive detail as to how this vulnerability works because, well, that's uh, that would take up the entire show, really. But I felt it was necessary to cover this on the show to acknowledge the importance of keeping your system up to date. Because these two flaws that the malware uses were patched months ago. So if you haven't updated your system yet, I would suggest that you do so pretty soon. Of course, also be careful where you get software and what you download in just in general, because it's interestingly enough, some reports are showing an expectation to continue to rise for Linux-related malware. So just keep that in mind. If you'd like to learn more about this particular news, about this particular malware, then you'll find links in the show notes. This week, we saw the beta release for Fedora Linux 37. This is a highly anticipated release for many people, including myself. In fact, I installed the beta before it was technically a beta. It was during like the daily builds part of the release, so I guess it was an alpha at the time. I don't know. I guess I was being impatient, which apparently is the trend for this episode. Well, now, we're not going to go into a ton of depth because this is a beta release and we're going to save what happens like in terms of like the full release notes for the official release when that comes out. But I do want to highlight some of the new features for Fedora 37. So let's do that. Fedora Linux 37 Workstation Edition is really interesting because it's going to be shipping with the latest version of GNOME at the time, which will be GNOME 43 that has not come out yet but Fedora 37 will have that. We'll cover more about what's all new with GNOME 43 in a future episode of Twill, because there's going to be a lot to discuss on that, so we're going to save it for another another episode. And Fedora 37 uh, also sees updates with various different spins, with the KDE edition expected to ship the latest version of KDE Plasma. Also, the other spins will also have updated versions of various desktops like LXQt 1.1.0, Mate 1.26, and Cinnamon 5.4 desktop environments. Fedora Linux 37 also has a preview of the Anaconda web UI, which is the web installer for Fedora, which I didn't know about during my install a week, about a week ago or so. I mean, I knew they were working on it, but I didn't know it was actually available for this. So I might install another version of Fedora 37 beta. So if I do, I'll mess around with the web version then. And for now, though, if you'd like to learn more about the latest beta for Fedora 37 or help test it out yourself, you'll find links in the show notes. This episode of This Week in Linux is brought to you by DigitalOcean. Cloud computing can be, let's say, complex, but standing up reliable, affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be. At DigitalOcean, you can enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products that put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands so you and your teams can get back to doing what matters most, building world-changing apps that grow your business. Also, with DigitalOcean, you get predictable pricing, robust product docs, and services that developers love. That's DigitalOcean. And for example, the marketplace from DigitalOcean is fantastic. You can get access to things really quickly and set up droplets in just a few clicks. Plus, you get support at every stage of growth. Whether you have a team of one person or a team of a thousand people, you can get growing at DigitalOcean with their simple, powerful cloud computing. 
And as a listener of the This Week in Linux podcast and a member of the Tux Digital community, you can get started for free. Actually, it's better than free because DigitalOcean is going to give you a $100 60-day free credit when you go to do.co slash tux2022. That's do.co slash tux2022. So go right now. Make the smart move like many of the community have. Go to do.co slash tux2022 to get that $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's awesome cloud platform. KDE is set to release the next version of KDE Plasma very soon. But before that happens, there's usually a beta release for testing. And today, we're going to be checking out some of the things that you can look forward to in the next release of KDE Plasma, which is KDE Plasma 5.26. Now, we're not going to go into super depth here because, well, it's a beta, and that's what I mentioned earlier in the show. I typically like to wait on official releases before I go into a lot of depth. So instead, we're going to be taking a look at some highlights and, you know, later we'll cover it in more in depth in a future episode of This Week in Linux when the full release comes out. Now, KDE Plasma 5.26 introduces a lot of improvements and a lot of enhancements to various different components that are in the desktop. For example, they have enhanced the wallpaper system in this version of KDE Plasma. Now, this is really cool because the new versions of the wallpaper system make it easier to see previews of wallpapers before you actually apply the settings, which is really nice. It also now supports the use of animated images as a wallpaper if you would like to do that. You can kind of already do that with some uh, extensions or plugins that you can get from the KDE store including video wallpapers, which is really awesome, but now it's just possible to, by default, use animated images, which is really cool. It also now supports light and dark mode wallpapers with an automatic transition as well, just like with night color feature, which changes the blue light levels of your monitors at a configurable time. You can now change your wallpaper automatically based on these similar settings, which is pretty awesome. Now, there have also been some improvements to the main menu, which is known as Kickoff. Kickoff now supports resizing of the menu for those who would like a larger than default uh, approach to the main menu, kind of like creating your own dashboard, so to speak, with that. And once you do change it, you can also have it remember those settings in the future. And they have introduced an optimized alphabetical listing for apps inside of the kickoff menu to make it easier to find apps when you have a large list of installed applications. And also speaking of resizing, it is now possible in KDE Plasma 5.26 to resize menus and pop-ups in the system tray, which is pretty cool because at times there may be some widgets that have a lot of content and it doesn't all fit there. So you kind of have to scroll uh, a little bit extra to get access to those configurations or that sort of thing. But now you can make it where you can resize the widget to fit whatever you need it to be. So that is pretty cool. Now, there are also some improvements to the KDE Discover App Store. There's improvements to Flatpak support, better integration with system trays, such as uh, progress notifications of updates, and so much more. Now, lastly, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and that is... KDE Plasma 5.26 has an introduction of Plasma Big Screen. Now, we've talked about this Plasma Big Screen before in a previous episode of Twill, but for those unfamiliar with this version of Plasma Big Screen or the layout, 
is it's a user interface optimized for usage on TVs and other large displays. For the audio-only listeners, you can imagine like a combination of KDE Plasma Desktop merged with like the Netflix interface. So pretty awesome. Now, the Plasma Big Screen comes with some new custom applications as well designed to fit this new layout. There's a new browser that is optimized for large displays called Aura Browser. And then there's a new media player that is called Plank Player, which is, of course, optimized for Plasma Big Screen as well for playing multimedia content, including local media. Now, I'm looking forward to trying out Plasma Big Screen. I haven't done so in the past, even though I've covered it a couple times on the show because they have been working on it for a while. And uh, now that it's been going to be available in this next release, I am looking forward to trying that out. And if you'd like to learn more about this next release of KDE Plasma 5.26, links in the show notes. Speaking of KDE, I want to tell you about something that is just dope. Caden Live is going to be having a fundraiser for the Project 2 Fund development. As an avid user and fan of Caden Live, I am so happy to see this. I mean, prior to this, it hasn't been possible to donate directly to Kaden, the Caden Live project, and I've been wanting to do that for years, and now I can do that, and so can you. So, I should note that if you are listening or watching this episode prior to Monday, you won't find an announcement for this fundraiser on the Caden Live website because, well, technically the announcement, the fundraiser hasn't started yet. It's The links are available in the show notes if you want to go ahead and check it out before Monday, but it's not live just yet. However, like I said, I'm a fan and so far impatient this week. So I couldn't wait to tell you about it. I did ask permission from the Caden Live team, and they did let me do that. So that's awesome. You'll find links in the show notes for more information about it. And for those unfamiliar with Caden Live, Caden Live is a free and open source video editor that offers a lot of great features. It's got many powerful features. It's really easy to use in certain ways. There's also like the there's tons of effects and transitions and compositions and all sorts of stuff. In fact, it could be stated that Caden Live is the most professional-ready open-source video editor. It might not be the the easiest to get started necessarily because there are some editors that don't do as many things, so it might be easier to do those. But Caden Live is amazing and one of my favorite applications. So you might be wondering, what will the funding be used for? And they say they will use your donation to support members of the Caden Live project. Uh, helping them continue working on the project to add major features and implement technologies required by the video editing industry. Now, they also want to keep the software stable and reliable and maintain the code base as well with these donations. Essentially, it's going to make Caden Live bigger and better, which is fantastic, and exactly what I was hoping donating to the project would do. So, Let's talk about some of the major stuff that they've been working on that this fundraiser will help with the development for. So first of all, the nested timeline feature will allow you to open several timeline tabs. Each tab contains a separate timeline. All of them share the same project bin and will be saved inside of the same project file. You will then be able to insert or nest one timeline inside of another one it will act as like a single clip as well. So this is really, really powerful. It essentially kind of makes it possible to create a composition of one timeline inside of another timeline. And this is just fantastic. So I am so excited for that. 
and I will gladly donate to this project to get those kinds of things because that's just awesome. Uh, Caden Live, please uh, do that as soon as possible. I know you've been working on it for a while, but I am so excited. I can't wait. I mean, I, I like I, I couldn't even wait to talk about the fundraiser. So obviously, I am looking forward to that feature. <laughs> So also there's more efficient effects workflow being worked on. So currently if you want to tweak some basic parameters like the brightness or the contrast of a clip, you need to go through several steps. First, you have to search through the effects list to find the one that you want to use. And then you have to add it manually to the clip itself. And then finally you have to make adjustments to the parameters. And this can be a little bit cumbersome for things that could be classified as, you know, everyday simple adjustments, that sort of stuff. And but to make your workflow much more fluid, they're going to be introducing a new effects panel that gives you direct access to these parameters, allowing you to quickly and easily adjust these levels for stuff like uh, crop, transform, and various different things for like audio clips, you get like volume control and pan control, all sorts of stuff. I'm super excited about that. And another thing that is very exciting to me is the work they're doing to enhance the performance. They say that your donation will help to overhaul the code and improve Cadenline's Cadenlive's general responsiveness. And in an in-depth and time-consuming refactorization they're working on will help make Cadenlive uh, snappier and more pleasurable to use overall. They say they will be able to improve video and audio playback on the timeline to help with reviewing and tweaking clips, cuts, effects, transitions, that sort of thing, which is fantastic. One of the few things that the Caden Live is missing is, is sometimes it has a little bit of a stutter when you're doing the playback on the timeline. So improving the performance there is going to be awesome to see. They will also be improving the rendering pipeline, uh, proxy clip support, and much more. So I'm super excited. And if you would like to help contribute to this fundraiser, you will find links in the show notes. Canonical has announced they are going to be holding the first ever Ubuntu Summit this year in November. In the past, there have been other types of conferences they've done or other events, such as the Ubuntu Developer Summits or the Ubuntu Sprints that they've done. But this will be the first of its kind for Canonical and Ubuntu to have a larger community-driven conference. And this is going to be really interesting because this event is going to take place in the Czech Republic, uh, or more specifically Prague, on November 7th through the 9th. The Ubuntu Summit is also going to be live-streamed and the sessions are going to be recorded for later viewing for those who are not able to attend the event in person. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, why am I talking about a conference that's over a month away? Well, great question. And they posted a blog post recently that I think is really interesting because they're looking for proposals for talks at this conference. So if you'd like to attend the Ubuntu Summit and give a talk, you can do so and submit a proposal. Here's where the news gets super interesting. If you are selected to give a talk at the Ubuntu Summit and are unable to attend because of like financial issues or stuff like that, depending on like how far you have to travel and that sort of thing, they said that they will offer to sponsor your attendance to join them in Prague, Czech Republic. And that is pretty dope. So if you'd like to learn more about how to submit to be considered for a talk, then you will find links in the show notes. This episode of This Week in Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux. 
Bitwarden is an awesome piece of software. It is a password manager that allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. How does it do it? Well, Bitwarden provides you with tools such as being able to store your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords, and even also auto-generate usernames for you, and even automatically fill in those passwords and usernames on login forms so you don't have to do any of this stuff which is of course fantastic. And you can access your data across many different types of devices, whether it's your web browser, your mobile applications, desktop applications, and even on the command line. Plus Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your devices. So you know you're the only person with access to your data. So go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started. Did I mention you can get started for free? Well, you can, but I think you want to check out their premium account because you can get a bunch of awesome extra features for less than a dollar per month. That's right. Less than a dollar per month gives you one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, and Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator for temporary one-time passwords, priority customer service, and so much more. So make the smart move like many of the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get your account at Bitwarden. This week, we saw a huge milestone for the Godot game development engine, and that is that they announced the release for the beta version of Godot 4.0. Now, I'm not sure exactly why they named the engine Godot, but it has been a long road to Godot 4.0, with 17 alpha builds distributed in 2022, and the start of the development effort for Godot 4.0 started in, the, in 2019. So I can't help but think that the name is kind of perfect to the reference of the iconic play titled Waiting for Godot. <laughs> now, since this is a beta release, I won't be going into much depth for this particular release. But because it's been a long time related for, for Godot to have 4.0, I, I wanted to cover it anyway. And it's bringing a lot of improvements to its core engine code. There's going to be a lot of improvements to the, the Vulkan API rendering support, uh, big changes to the existing OpenGL rendering code. Global illumination systems have been completely rewritten. Volumetric fog is now supported. Support for AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution, or FSR, is there. Uh, much improved physics. Also an internal overhaul to 3D animations, much better scripting support, multiplayer improvements, a ton of work in general for the Godot editor, and enhanced web platform support, and so much more. And I'm only giving you like a little bit of these individual pieces because there's just so much to talk about. And this is also just really highlighting it, but I really want to go into more depth because I'm so excited about this. But I'll wait for the next episode when the Godot 4.0 does come out officially. So then you, you can check that out in the show notes for the more details right now if you can't wait. Like I'm, if you're impatient like me, apparently, <laughs> you could check out the links in the show notes for more information for the beta one of Godot 4.0. Up next in the gaming section, we're going to talk about the game Golf With Your Friends because this has a new big free update that is out right now. They're also doing a free weekend right now. So if you are listening to the show on the day that I recorded it or, you know, on Sunday, you can check it out for free before you buy. And there's also a discount right now on Steam 
There's also going to be a link in the Hummel bundle, but that's just in case for later if you see this after the discounts ends. But there's all. But if you're going to get buy it now, you would get a much better deal on Steam because you can get it for four ninety four USD and pretty good deal. Now let's talk about Golf with Friends. Golf with Your Friends is a fantastic game that I've been playing for years, and they are consistently making new updates. And this is a new DLC pack that's got some improvements to, you know, there's different cosmetic things like new hats, new floaties, new stickers, uh, a new trail, and a bunch of other stuff. But they're also making improvements to various different parts of the modes, such as the hockey mode, the basketball hoops mode, which they call the dunk mode, and a lot of other things. So I am a big fan of it. They're also making a new map that I didn't know about until recently. Because there is a bouncy castle map, which I didn't even know about until I saw this. So I'm looking forward to playing with that. And if you've never played it, right now is the best time to do it because it's a free weekend. So check it out. I'll have links in the show notes for this game of golf with your friends. There are a lot of bundles this week to check out from Hummel Bundle. There's game bundles, there's ebook bundles, and there's also some software bundles to check out. And I'm going to talk about a few of these things, and you'll find links in the show notes for if you'd like to check them out yourself. So there's Total War Classics bundle that's happening right now, 2K Mega Hits bundle, which has Borderlands 3 Super Deluxe Edition, XCOM Ultimate Collection, Sid Meier's Civilization 6. WWE Battlegrounds. I don't even know what that game is. I mean, I know what WWE is, but I've never heard of the Battlegrounds until this bundle came out, so that's interesting. Also, the Starlight Bundle, which is to help support the Starlight Children's Foundation, has Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. There's also, in this particular bundle, Aliens vs. Predator Collection, Grim Fandango. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I just wanted to say it that way. And many other games in that bundle. Uh, there's also some educational bundles like the Level Up and Learn bundle that we talked about in a previous episode. Uh, plus, there's a ebooks bundle for Linux by No Starch Press, a full stack web development by A Press, a few Unity Engine related bundles as well, and many, many more. You will find links in the show notes to all of these. And I also want to make it clear that these links are affiliate links. So if you do decide to purchase any of these bundles, please use those links in the description because it will help out the show because there's a small commission that will be given to the show and the channel if you use those links. So if you decide to purchase anything from the Hunter Bundle, please do so with those links that you will find in the show notes. This week's episode of Destination Linux is going to be super fun. Or at least I was told it will be. Because you see... We had planned to have an interview this week, but unfortunately that fell through at the last minute. So this means we needed to pivot pretty quickly. You know, like I said last minute, well, Ryan decided to make this week's episode a special edition. And by that, he means that he isn't going to tell me what the episode's about. He's not telling Jill either. So we don't know what's going to be on the show. Jill and I are going to be surprised live on the stream with what we're going to be covering as it happens and as we talk about it. So the main topic, you will find out what the topic is when we find out what the topic is. So you don't want to miss this episode. I kind of do. 
because it's going to be kind of crazy. But I'm also excited and I, I'm looking forward to having fun with that. So if you want to check out the special edition of Destination Linux, which is going to be happening uh, live stream tomorrow, Sunday, the 18th of September at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash live. And also every week we do an episode live at tuxdigital.com slash live on Sundays, 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern. So be sure to add that to your calendar, bookmark that URL and all that sort of thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode, I think. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on this show, please like that smash button and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to support the show and the channel, we have multiple ways to contribute, whether you're using Patreon, sponsors, or others. You can learn more by going to tuxdigital.com slash contribute. And if you do become a patron, then you can join me in the patron-only post-show, which happens every week in the recording stadium right after the show. Plus, also, you can join me during the show in the recording stadium to discuss stuff between topics or, like I said, hang out every week after the show in the patron-only post-show. You can also support the show by ordering the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt and the This Week in Linux shirt that I'm wearing right now by going to tuxdigital.com slash store. And also, while you're there at the Tux Digital store, you can check out all the other cool stuff we got, like hats, mugs, hoodies, stickers, coasters, all sorts of stuff, including a desk mat, which is like a mouse pad, but gigantic. So check that out, tuxdigital.com slash store. If you'd like some more podcasting goodness from me, then check out the latest episodes of Destination Linux, especially this week, and Hardware Addicts, as I'm a co-host of both of those shows on the Tux Digital Network. And just a quick reminder, this show is live every Saturday at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. So join us in the live chat room to discuss all the latest Linux news each and every week by going to tuxdigital.com slash live. Thanks again for watching. My name is Michael Tunnell with Tux Digital, and I'll see you next week for another episode of your weekly source for Linux good news. <laughs>